Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of RCC and Me. I'm joined here today by Pastor Bo Cogbill. Say hello, Bo. Hello, Bo. And <laughs> we have uh, Lauren Shearer joining us as a guest host today and just a guest guest as well. Say hello, Lauren. Hello, Bo. I have to give up all control over <laughs> formatting whenever I have Bo and Lauren in the same room. Um, I welcome, really, Jesse. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for these sanctifying moments. These hard lessons, you know, not everybody has the grace to deal with them like I do. So I appreciate your trust in me. If you grew up in the 80s or early 90s, you probably watched a sitcom and every once in a while they would have an episode that would start out tonight on a very special episode, <laughs> very special episode. of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, and then it would be like the drug episode or or the divorce episode. And, you know, honestly, that was how I learned how to deal with life. So I thought we could do kind of the mm-hmm, same thing mm-hmm. on this podcast. I wanted to have uh, Lauren, we all wanted to have Lauren on to talk about her upcoming trip to Ukraine and paint us a little bit more of a picture um, going off of what she brought to us on Sunday. Um and just about the love that she's able to share with people down there, um, what the situation's actually like, and some different ways we can support not just her, but Nazareth House as a whole, and how to do that better. So Lauren, welcome. Thank you. Uh, how do you feel about going back? Are you excited? Are you dreading it? What's the, what's the deal? It's always a little bit of, of both. Um, the price of having people that you love on two sides of the world. Um, I'm sad to be leaving. I'm happy to be going back. It's no matter where I'm leaving from, that's, that's how I feel. Could you just real quick for me, could you list off here who it is you love? Yeah. In, in order of how much you love them? How much I love them? Okay, so let me think. Start geographically. Oh. Start geographically. Start proximity-wise. Yeah. Well, the Bible says, love thy enemies, right? <laughs> Can I start from the... <laughs> Go clockwise. <laughs> what are these coals? Ah, oh, it's so hot up here. <laughs> so um, anybody who's actually, anybody who's ever given someone a hug in a moment of distress um, kind of knows a little bit, can connect a little bit with what uh, Lauren mentioned on Sunday. And that some people, you know, when they when they receive this, you know, and you get to show that, you know, talk about a little bit about like, or what that feels like and who are these people, where are they coming from, um, and why does it mean so much to them? We are not Gnostics, as Bo is fond of saying. <laughs> we're, we're physical creatures, right? And we, one of the ways that we love each other is through like right, proper physical affection. Um, I think that's one of the ways that I've found that I can love the children at Nazareth is a lot of them are kind of touch starved. Um, a lot of if they do get touched in any way, it's negative touch. You know, it's why is that um, um, that they are so starved for that? Because their um, environments, their parents um, are sometimes abusive, um, neglectful. Um, a lot of times, it's not necessarily the parents' fault that their living situation is so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a poverty-stricken country. Um, I lived in a neighborhood that was um, 50% of children in that neighborhood don't have a father. That's the statistic. 50%? 50%. That's like half. 
It is half. <laughs> yes. Homeschool math, baby. That's Oof. right. I barely got that. That's and, insane. And um, it, a lot of it is due to this kind of cycle of poverty, um, depression, abuse that leads to um, dependence on substances, um, drugs, alcohol, and then um, a lot of fathers have died from drug overdoses and then leaving the mothers to kind of pick up the slack. Um, so they're overworked, overtired, poor, hungry, cold, and they have these children depending on them. It's, um, it's hard sometimes to be a good parent, you know? <laughs> it's very hard to put myself, you know, try and put myself in that place, you know, as I think about driving around in my nice warm pilot, mm -hmm. 2011 Honda pilot, just relaxed, comfortable, riding around looking at Christmas lights, going home, having treats, reading our advent calendar, getting little chocolates, sitting by the fire, watching Santa Claus 2 for some reason. <laughs> Meanwhile, in yeah, Ukraine. <laughs> now imagine instead your woman who um, was married very young, <laughs> Your husband is a drunk or he's doing drugs in the kitchen in front of your kids. You're mentally ill. Um, you have to work three jobs to support um, your family. And a lot of the money that you bring in is stolen by your husband or his friends or your, you know, lazy brother or whatever it is. And then meanwhile, your kid comes in having their kid problems and you have to find right. the grace to deal with that. Right. It's, it's tough. What's the predominant worldview or... Um, lens that they tend to view the world through, like a worldview or something. <laughs> like what's their, like what is what's what's a what's their attitude yeah, towards like, life? Yeah, like where is what do they view hope? What do they view? What are their virtues? What are those things that what are the things people they value aspire to and value day to day? I don't know. I feel kind of nervous talking about this because obviously I've only lived in the culture. Like oh yeah, expound true. on yeah. expound expound on this. I'm gonna give you, you my impressions, <laughs> but I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. Eastern Europeans have a history of suffering. That's the clean, clearest way I can put it. And um, Americans complain a lot compared to Ukrainians. Gotcha. When a Ukrainian suffers, it's internalized. It's life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I see. You like, know. Of course. It's not okay, but it's not surprising. Life. Yeah. It's it's very Sicilian. <laughs> well, it seems like in the history of mankind, the modern wealthy West is unique in that regard. Mm -hmm. As medicine advances, as comfort advances, as you have upward mobility, you know, like yeah. there are things to aspire to and we run from suffering so quickly. But you can't always run from suffering. That's if, just their if, life. If that's your life. I mean that. But yeah. The, so what the kids need though, what they lack um, a lot of times is stable families as positive male influence. Um, and they also are just missing out on a lot of kind of enrichment activities that we would consider normal for kids. Um, they don't have, they can't have special classes or tutors. There's no money for that kind of thing. Right. So Tanya and Ihor Lishinsky are the directors of, of Nazareth and their specific goal is, is like family unification. How do we keep mm. the families together? How do we keep the kids in their house? 
um, you know, with their family of origin, with their brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. um, as, as far as possible. Um, some kids, you really do need to take them out of their, their home. But in a lot of these cases, um, the parents just need help, right? right? They need somebody to come along and they need somebody to um, maybe teach them how to be a better parent. Maybe give them the resources that they need. Give them a little mm. extra money so their kid can have a coat for the winter, you know? Um, give, stock their pantry with some shelf-stable food, you know, so that right. they can not have to worry about what to eat for the next couple of days. And then at the same time, the enrichment classes, it's like if you were a parent, you know, in, in Ukraine, if your kid can speak um, English, or if you can speak English in general, then you have better business opportunity, like job opportunities. Interesting. Okay. You could do like customer service work or something. Yeah, you you have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. You can also travel for work and, and get oh. a lot more work that way. Okay. So if, if there's no employment opportunities in Ukraine, you could go to Czech Republic, right? And speak okay. English there. You could go to Germany, for example. Sure. Um, by the way, all the kids learn at least three languages in school. Got it. What impressed me though is that most of the Christian men I know, they're very good family men. They care a lot about their families, but it's not just, it doesn't end at their families, right? right? They are looking out for everybody else's families at the mm. same time. And sometimes that contributes to their um, situations, not being where we would say comfortable. Gotcha. Yeah. They're doing a lot of good work to, to you know, improve the lives of, of everyone, you know, like we all go up. It's not just about me getting myself and my family into a better situation. It's like, how can we as the church kind of reach out and lift up the entire community that we're in. Yeah. Over time, what is it? The rising tide lifts all boats. Is that kind of the approach? Maybe. Um, it's more of a collectivist mindset than we have. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean collectivist in a, in a way that would get sense. us in trouble. Yeah, you. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, it's well, not an individualist mindset. Yeah, it's communalist. A, a, a familial oh, mindset. Oh, watch your mouth. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's one of the things we do try to talk about here a lot is that this is the family of God and the household of God. And so if it's just about me and my family, right. the temptation is, well, I'm going to abandon these yahoos over here and protect my family. But if they really do believe they're connected to one another, then it's not as easy as all of that, it sounds like. Right. I, I've seen really great examples um, of Ukrainian pastors kind of living out that idea of, of loving your neighbor and esteeming others more highly than yourself. Mm. You see pastors there who are living on basically nothing and giving money to the churches and, and uplifting other people and giving their time to everyone else, you know? And they don't neglect their families, but they don't have any time any extra time you know it's like they use everything that they've got to help other people yeah that's i don't know if that's necessarily a, even a healthy yeah, situation true. as that's we true. would judge it right if you're in the middle of a burning building right mm -hmm. yeah your job is to your decisions look different i shouldn't use a fire metaphor around, <laughs> not around no he used no, to I be mean, a I fireman <laughs> i think there so i heard that was one of the things that i really appreciated about those guys is um, coming from more of a blue collar, like you just do what you need to do to get by. Exactly. Um, tired is normal. Mm -hmm. Working three jobs is normal. Yeah. You know, I think, um, and I'm not upset at people for having <laughs> flexibility and being mobile and not having to work three jobs, you know, but I, I think there's a sense in which 
people that have been raised in comfort, um, what do you mean I need to work on Saturday nights? Yeah. You know, but for a large portion of society, it's like, oh, okay, I got Saturday night free. I could get some extra money to help. You know, like it's mm -hmm. not a it's not a huge burden. It's just what you need to do. It's just like you yeah. said earlier, life. It's, and yeah. so listening to those guys talk, well, of course they're tired, but yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. still stuff that needs to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. At Nazareth, um, so Ihor and Tanya Lishinsky, they don't have, they don't have, this is our work life and this is our personal life. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do have personal lives, right? but it's not like you can't call me at this hour because this is me time. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So I need boundaries. Sounds very Sicilian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a boundary? <laughs> so if you're ever around Ihor Lashinsky for like more than 20 minutes, his phone is going to go off because he is, he's the pastor of the church in Vena Frankisk, right? But he's kind of the unofficial pastor of the entire neighborhood. It's old oh, school wow. parish style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. If they've got a problem, they're going to call Ihor. Uh, Ihor, my water heater broke. Can you come fix it? Ihor, my lights are out. Can you help me? Oh man, and this guy. He's he's pretty amazing, and he never, you know, he's never upset that people are calling him. He just takes it right away. Yeah, and he it's helps. Like his job. Yeah, it's his job. <laughs> That's so cool. My typical reaction when I hear stories like yours is like, "Hey, where do I send my check?" Um, but are there other other ways other than money, or where is you know where should the money be directed? How can we? be like wise stewards of this opportunity that we have at Nazareth with you? How do we funnel our, you know, charity through mm -hmm. you to that place? What's the best way to do that? Well, it's tricky because money honestly would help a lot of the time. How, how, how much money are we talking? Would <laughs> how help how much do you have? Jesse? How much do you have? I, I have like tens of dollars. <laughs> Tens of, Tens of hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I think I looked at my bank account the other day and it was like, I think I had like hundred dollars. Nice. Well, they could use probably. Uh, I do think it's interesting <laughs> how some, it seems like sometimes we over spiritualize things and are like, how can we really serve you? It's you like, mean I over spiritualize things? I mean, just Christianity <laughs> in general. We're not Gnostics. <laughs> We're not Gnostics. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's like, I mean, how can we really help? It's like, give me a $20 bill so that I can go get some bread for these mm -hmm. people. You know, like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's kind of the thing. The people there on the ground, they're doing the work, they're right? They're yeah. doing really good yeah. work. Um, and you know, we're all part of the same family. We're part of the same community of the body of Christ, right? If we have a little bit more money and they have a little bit less and we can just like do some transfers, you know? Again, you a socialist? Not communism. <laughs> Communalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? Well, it's not communism because it's a voluntary, <laughs> non-compelled, <laughs> willing. Love compels you. Love gift. Oh, I was thinking we set it up like, how faithful can you be? Yeah. <laughs> we should do one of those thermometers where she sets a goal and then we color it in with a marker yes. until we reach that goal. That you guys want to hear a funny story? It better be funny if you preface it with that. One of the biggest needs at Nazareth right now is the new building. And maybe you've heard about the new building project before. So Nazareth currently meets in a building that serves as the church building and the build at the um, center location. It's got technically two rooms. 
an upstairs room that's like the sanctuary. It's not very big. It's um, probably just a little bigger than the room we're in right now. And then it's got a downstairs room that's like a classroom. And then it has a like a hallway or atrium, where, 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 which is a lunchroom, basically, because there's okay. no other place to put it. Cafeteria. And a, and a tiny kitchen and a closet. And that's Nazareth. And in that space, there are um, about 40 to 45 kids that regularly meet there. <laughs> and when they all eat together, like when we all sit down to eat, we fold out that table in the um, hallway and there's no room. There's no room to move. We can't do activities. Nothing like that. Are we are are we talking like do they go in shifts? Like how do they right. how, how so, do you handle that logistically? Yeah, this year Tanya and Ihor had to basically split the group. So we used to do different groups meeting all together on the same day and now it's like younger group meets this day, mm, older group meets okay. this day cuz yeah, there's just literally no room. Yeah. There's no room. So Tanya and Ihor's dream is to have a building that they build themselves custom and this building would have um, classrooms for the for the teachings, it would have a workshop. And one of the big things is they would they would um, put in a room with beds and showers because sometimes the kids run away from home, right? I know some of the kids have, for example, slept on park benches at night because they didn't want to go home. You know, right. if, they, if they had an alternative that okay. was safe, that would be a lot better. And then it could also be rented out as a hostel, make a little side business for them. Um, and then also okay. to have a laundry facility because again, some people don't have that at home. Um, and then a huge kitchen, and then also a pantry. So that's oh, kind of the yeah, okay. that's kind of the dream right there. And then so, an outside area for games and activities. For their dream building, they have a contractor who could do the work. So right now, what they need is land, and then they need money for the building, which would include materials. Okay. Um, the total costs for the entire project. I hope I'm remembering this right. I think it's going to come to about three hundred thousand dollars. Okay. For the dream. For for the dream for everything. U.S. U.S. dollars, yeah. A lot of um, higher prices are pay- are measured in U.S. dollars over there. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're actually so. How much of a culture shock really is it for you over there? Is a lot are a lot of things familiar? <laughs> the biggest culture shock was not what things were different. It's how much stuff was exactly the same. That's so <laughs> interesting. That's very cool. We could probably very, have a whole other podcast yeah, about that. It's a very westernized country. Let's let's start an Eastern European travel show. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and where can people, if they wanted to give to specifically the building fund, do mm-hmm. they go to the Jeep website? Do they? Yes, Jeep is um, kind of setting up a fund where they'll collect money specifically for the building project. Okay. Um, the first step for that, which they're hoping to do next year, is collect enough money to buy land. Because once they have the land. You know, they can wait for the second stage of fundraising, right? But um, right now they don't have land. So, you know, it's like you got to look for land. And there was some, last year there was some promising options, but because there was no money, they couldn't purchase any of it. <laughs> so they all fell through. I know one of the things that is confusing for someone who's not familiar with all of this or, or Jeep, um, is it organized yet? Is it? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where. I would just Google Jeep and then hopefully find a link that maybe like, that seems RCC a lot. RCC has um, they have a Jeep section on the website, I believe, right? So you can go to the website. There are there's a big donate button. What's that website? Uh, Jeepproject.net. Not and two P's because the P in Jeep stands for project. 
And so the donate button gives to Jeep or there is one dedicated to this project? It gives to Jeep generally now and you can specify that it's for the Nazareth building project. Um, Maybe later on we'll have a specific. Okay, so so it's a general donation and then you specify during Mm -hmm. the donation process, I want this to go. And then do they provide any sort of way to like track where your money goes or like confirmations or anything like that? I'm not sure. I get one every month. You do? Oh, cool. If you can set up, you, you can set up regular giving through there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've done those updates, and then they'll shoot you a receipt every month Great. when it pops. So, and if Flip. you've got three hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, yeah, which we've established, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably call John Unger. Just call him directly. Yeah. What do you want us to call him? Because for I bet three hundred grand, he will answer. <laughs> <laughs> He'll you get you get one of those big giant checks. You yeah. Know? yeah, who's in? Is that John? Is is John, John Unger? In, in, he's in charge of that. Head of Jeep right now. I yeah, I know him. Maybe Seems you could do a buy a buy a window project. Buy like the window. old churches they used to. Oh yeah, but you have to put whatever a, I say. Yeah, you have exactly. To put it yeah. <laughs> the Jesse. <laughs> is there any sort of thinking that? some sort of summer trip or anything like that would ever be beneficial enough to offset how much work would go into something like that for them, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, well, I think yes is the answer to that question okay. in a positive sense. Um, there, Every year in Ukraine, they host what's called the International Youth Conference. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really big blessing to them. Um, we've had people come from churches in Canada, Japan, the U.S. Um, that's where I first came to Ukraine was for that youth conference. And who puts that on? Um, it's it's hosted by the churches in Ukraine. Okay. Um, Ihor again is kind of the and that's host for that thing he does because it's um, in the Carpathian Mountains, which are very beautiful, by the way. Highly recommend it. You got to have it be a little fancy to get people. <laughs> <come>. They don't. <laughs> it's a really great location. Um, but you, if, if you have the means, I highly recommend checking it <laughs> I out. I highly recommend checking out the Carpathians. <laughs> the, the conference is not, um, you don't go into it the mindset of, I'm going to change the world. Okay. It's like a family camp, right? But oh, it's, cool. it's for kids. So there's speakers, there's, you know, Pastor Boo Boo, he talks about all kinds of great stuff as usual. Um, we've had Ben Zedek from Japan give some talks. The Ukrainians will give talks. It's just a really good time. And it's a, it's a chance for youth from these different cultures to kind of come together, play games, talk to each other and realize, you know, we're all the family of God. Mm. We're, we're not so different, you and I, sort of a moment. And that's been really encouraging for the Ukrainians. Uh, it's not for them about the money or the missions or it's about, you know, our brothers and sisters haven't forgotten about us. You know, they care about us enough to come to our country and to spend time with us and say, you know, you're important and we believe that you're important and we want to be friends with you and not, you know, you're not forgotten. Mm. You're not doing this alone. Yeah. So that's been um, a really big deal. Do they have that scheduled for next year yet? They do. I don't know the time yet. Okay. Um, but if someone from here wanted to go or a couple people, I think that would be amazing Because you'll be over there experience. during that time, right? Yes. Yeah. So does that mean that you would be open to helping facilitate something like that were it to happen potentially? I would, yeah. Yeah. Could right. sleep on my my floor in my Soviet <laughs> apartment building. <laughs> what about the Carpathians? I'm confused. <laughs> What's well, a mountain? <laughs> Go sleep in the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, excellent, Lauren. Thank you so much for dropping all this knowledge. Um. 
uh, Bo, maybe you could say a prayer for the upcoming trip and for some of the things they have going on over there. Sure. And we can close it out. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Father, we praise you uh, yet again for the opportunity to get together um, to discuss the way that you're working um, all over the world through your people. Thank you for Lauren, for the blessing she is to everyone who knows her, uh, for her willingness to forego creature comforts to serve your kingdom. Thank you for uh, the Ukrainian brothers and sisters, um, that they love one another well, that they love one another sacrificially, and that they put um, the interests of others ahead of their own. They are a inspiration to us. They are a model of Christ-like service, and I pray that those of us who are more comfortable would um, look to them for encouragement, much as we look to the wall of faith in Hebrews 11. Um, our brothers are living examples of that and help us to imitate their way of life. Um, pray that you would bless them that as they are seeking to um, raise funds uh, to be able to reach more kids, to love more kids, to better um, impact the little part of the world that you have them in, um, that you would use uh, faithful brothers and sisters here and in other places uh, to fund that. For as Lauren has said, we are all a part of your family. Um, help us to do that well and faithfully, um, to not feel guilty where we don't need to feel guilty. Uh, we thank you for Christ. Ask that we would honor him even today um, in the little things. Amen. Well, cool. Lauren, any last words? Any final words? Dude, yeah, that sounded ominous. <laughs> what do you have to say words? for it? We're not so different, you and I, Lauren. Any last words? <laughs> Before I head off into the great unknown. <laughs> <laughs> There's a barrel of sharks <laughs> waiting for you downstairs. <laughs> Love one another. As you have been loved. As you have Goodbye. been loved. Goodbye. There's no I in Ukraine. Peace. There's no the in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.